Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. My name is Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we travel to Australia, and we have a very special guest from the land down under. Please welcome Bill from the Australian Paranormal Society. Hello, Bill. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? How are you, you? doing? Well, it's, it was a, been a beautiful, yeah, beautiful weekend here. In uh, sunny Northern California, but for you, Lovely. been quite cold actually. We're heading into into winter, so it it was really nice, and then all of a sudden, just got really really cold. So, um, you know, the the fireplaces are going, and uh, we're trying to stay warm. So you're heading into fall, is that right, or heading into winter? Yeah, well, we're, in, we're in fall at the moment, so we're um we're heading towards winter, but it's uh just after Easter, it tends to get really cold very quickly. So. Yeah, it hit it hit this weekend. <laughs> so you're with the Australian Paranormal Society. So give us a little yep. details about that. Yep, the the Australian Paranormal Society basically operates in three areas. Uh, one being investigations, where we you know conduct investigations to help people, um, consultation that sort of stuff. Um, research, where we you know we we we're looking at different areas of the paranormal and developing or experiments and such so we can test those areas out and you know basically just researching and, and trying to gather information on, on different areas and then education where we're um, we're dealing with the public and trying to um, uh, we run lectures and we have public events where we show the people what you know outside of the paranormal and that we're basically normal people and not you know running around in black clo- cloaks and all that sort of stuff because some people some people think it's a bit like that, but it's not, you know, as you know. And, um, yeah, so there's, that's just sort of the three areas um, of the, uh, that we cover, yeah, which is really a big, the, mo- the most most of it. So, yeah. So how long have you been part of the society? Is it something that you created or? Yeah, yeah. It, basically, there was a, a group of people. Um, most of them stayed about a month and then left. Um, and uh, my, my wife and I basically are the founders of the Australian Paranormal Society. So, you know, we, we've taken it from the very beginning, and uh, which is about probably about, about 13 years now, and run with it. So um, it's, it's, you know, it's built up over the years, built a really good network across the world, um, good friends, good people to work with. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, a great, it's, you know, it's a really good uh, vehicle. It's been a really good organization for us to meet some of the, you know, some of the great people out there. So having done this for 13 years, what place would you say is not only your favorite, but is legitimately yeah. haunted? Well, definitely. Um, well, actually, first off, the, 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 the society has been going 30, 13 years. I've been in the field 35 years. So okay. I was in, it's been a long time. Um, so I've seen a lot of places uh, in Australia. For me, one of the most haunted places 
uh, is Aradale Asylum, which is a couple of hours out of Melbourne. Uh, was the biggest lunatic asylum in the Southern Hemisphere at one stage, with uh, consisting of 65 buildings, massive location and extremely active. Yeah, that, that's that's my number one vote. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. That's your favorite place. And when you go on these ghosts, oh, I, oh, I mean, we all, I think, we all have our our one special mm-hmm. place that's you yeah. know our near near to our heart so when you go on these ghost hunts uh what would you consider is your most valuable piece of equipment to utilize i suppose like most teams we have a lot of equipment a lot of gear but personally for me i i sort of i i like to go back to basics so i like a voice recorder a good voice recorder and i like a good camera i love to hear those voices you know just on that recorder is, is is you know is gold for me all the other gear is great but um that's my go-to that's my personal you know a uh, piece of piece of gear that i like so evps gives you the chills that's what i'm is that is that correct uh, uh, yes uh, the, the evp area ict that sort of stuff i love that you know you know when you can actually hear you know it's one thing seeing a picture that's great you know but to actually hear their voices and um hear their story you know, hear what they got to say which is it's 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 amazing. So I understand that as someone who's been interested in the paranormal, you're also a bit of a ghost tour guide. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We 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 run um we run a few events. We have um we have a couple of uh, permanent ones. Well, we run one paranormal investigation tour up at Aradale Asylum, which I just spoke about, uh, once a month normally. Um, although that hasn't started this year simply because of the COVID and everything. Sort of for us has been a bit of a bit of a pain um and last year was a was a write-off um so but that will start again soon we also have a place called bandura park farm which is an old uh homestead farm that we run tours there some great stuff there at different locations to the asylum different energies uh we also do um a few other locations uh that we work at uh we do a melbourne walking tour of the cbd and uh, take people to all the a bunch of different haunted locations and tell them the stories and Give them some nightmares. <laughs> well, that um, yeah, that is definitely something that uh, I love doing whenever I go on vacation. Is the ghost uh, tells of the, the local cities. So, speaking of cool. Melbourne and you being a a ghost tour, uh, care to share a couple <laughs> of places you would highly recommend uh, in Melbourne with some combined with some great ghost stories? Oh, look, um, so. For example, one of the one of the, one of my favourite places, I suppose, is a classy hotel called the Windsor Hotel. It's a grand old old girl. She is um, she was built around 1883, and um, has had some really interesting people go through there. But uh, that's a great place to go and stay if you're in Melbourne. Um, old rooms, classic classic rooms. You also um, get a bit of a haunting there, a few hauntings. So some of the classic. The basic ones there is you'll smell tobacco smoke, you know, pipe smoke. You'll smell old-time perfumes um, and such. But the big one there is um, there was an opera singer called Dame Nellie Melba, who was very famous in um, in Melbourne and uh, or worldwide actually. Uh, but in Melbourne, they loved her, so she always stayed at the Windsor Hotel. And in the morning, she would practice her singing. So. You know, these days you can still sometimes in the morning hear someone practicing opera in that in that hotel, which they believe is her. But there is another stop side story with that. There is a young boy that's seen running around the room where she used to stay. 
and one of the stories was that the dame, she liked gentleman company. So she would pay these teenage boys to keep an eye out. And we don't know how, but one of the boys died. And apparently his spirit is still keeping an eye out for her. <laughs> so that's, that's, a great, that's a great location. You know, great stories. So he's looking out for the dame, basically. <laughs> he's on lookout for the dame. He's still doing his job. <laughs> he's still doing his job. That's it. You know, there's, there's a bunch of locations in Melbourne, you know, so that's, you know, great hotels and different places. Yeah. So one of the things I always like to recommend, of course, is a, a haunted place to check out. So any good recommendations there? To, to, oh, absolutely. To eat at to an, for an eatery? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, the, the, my, my recommendation is the is Royal Melbourne Hotel, which is used to be an old police station. Still has the cells out the back. Great location. Uh, really good pub meal. We have a thing called a, a parmigiana or pa, a parma, we call it, which is, uh, you know, a chicken fillet or a veal fillet with cheese and marinara sauce. And that's sort of, I think you guys call it marinara sauce. We, uh, we use like a tomato sauce on top of it. And it's, it's, massive and it's a beautiful feed so that's somewhere to go but itself is haunted that place is haunted i i actually do a lot of events there and used to run a tour there um but uh still run events there and you know it has a lot of spirits so the police used to stay up in the barracks area upstairs i think i said um and um there's a gentleman there who who one of the officers had a heart attack and people stopped the spot where he had this heart attack and actually will grab their chest sometimes you know, feel strange and unusual. So that's really interesting. There was also a housekeeper there called Zing. She was a Chinese or Asian housekeeper, and was she was the mistress of the the governor of the jail or the you know the the, the commandant. And um, and uh, she's seen around the place. I actually have a quite a image of her at one stage. And we hear sometimes when we're doing our recordings, we'll hear Chinese uh, Asian language coming through which is really interesting but my favorite story is and there's a bunch of other there's a bunch of other ghosts but one of my favorite stories is uh, of uh, michael who's in one of the cells and uh michael actually loves my wife amanda when she comes and talks to him and they have really great discussions Amanda's uh medium but we did a recording when we first went there and we asked michael why he's there and he said the girls i was like okay this is strange and um michael's only uh, being got, he, he died in the 80s, so he liked this place. He used to, it, it was a nightclub, but it still is on and off. <laughs> but apparently, the cell he's in, where he said he liked the girls, is where they used to have dances, and that's where the dancers used to get changed. So Michael, Michael likes hanging around in that cell, apparently, to have a bit of a bit of a look at the girls while they're getting changed. So, you know, so he's he's, he's living one, that one. he's living pretty good in the afterlife. Then he's getting the view. Basically, is what we're hearing. He's, he's, he's loving it, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's lots of things there. I mean, it's uh, it's a very active place. I, I I actually saw an investigator I had with me. He was I didn't realize at the time he wasn't a very nice sort of guy. And we we were doing a spirit box session, and we asked who who is there anyone here you don't like? And they said this gentleman's name. And about two minutes later, his feet were pulled out from underneath him. And he was basically almost tipped upside down and dropped on the ground. Uh, and he was standing still. He wasn't walking or anything. It was like he slipped. I, I just swear that's <laughs> – they really didn't like him. So, you know, it, it's very active. Yeah, it's a great place and great food. So that's that's a really interesting place to check out. And uh, you can go there and, and just hang out. So it's, it's, it's really – yeah, it's great. And that's called the Melbourne – the Royal Melbourne? Royal Melbourne Hotel, yes. It's down um, – 
anyone that knows Melbourne, it's uh, on Burke Street, right down near the Southern Cross Station. And so, so it you said earlier it had the jail cells still. How many jail cells does it still have? Or do you know? In, in the back, I think there's uh, about 16, if I remember correctly. It's basically one long cell block with cells on each side. And a lot of them now are used for storage, uh, for beer taps and things like that. There are a couple that we can get into, but um, a lot of them still are in use. But um, the actual the actual block itself is just it's just great. It's all bluestone and all granite. And um, it's, you know, anyone interested in history, it's a great place to visit and check out. So... Yeah. If you go to the the Royal Melbourne, are guests allowed to go in the back area and take a look at the cells themselves? Yeah. Or okay, so well, the cell the cell area is usually open, and you can go in there because they do they hold functions in there. Um, but um, unless there's a function going on, you can usually walk in and have a bit of a look. Okay. Sometimes the cells are open. Sometimes it depends on what they the ones they use as storage. It depends on how full they are, what they've got in there. So. When we're doing functions, we'll usually get one or two that are free. And um, but um, you know, during a normal week, or a normal weekday or day, um, it just depends on what they've got going on. But it is a great place, even if you just go there. Yeah, have a look. The outside, the facade of it is just green. It's old, massive, like gates where horses and carriages would have gone through. Right. Um, but they're leading in. So, yeah. so would you say Michael's cell is the most active, or is there a certain cell that is more active than the rest? Michael's cell was the one, uh, the one I found to be most interactive. Um, as I said, there's a lot of spirits there. There's a little girl spirit whose father was locked up, and she passed away while he was locked in the jail there. Um, and she comes to find him. There was one there that we, and um, we asked him. We asked him, you know, do you know your past? And he, he he basically told us, I'm not dead. And then the week later when we were there, he's, he come on and we, we talked to him and he said, I have passed. And then we never heard from him again. So, so it's, you know, he realized he didn't know, but then he realized and, and moved on, obviously. Okay. So that was just another visitor uh, hanging out at the jail cell, huh? Yeah. There's so many. There's so many there. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's a great location. Now, speaking of jails, I do understand that, you know, with Australia being uh, an ex-colony, a, a penal colony of Great Britain, you guys do have a few uh, famous jails or or, or prisons Absolutely. or goals. Yeah. <laughs> we would pronounce them goals yes. in America. We were, talk- we were just talk- talking about that when we the spelling, we spell jail, G-A-O-L, rather than J-A-I-L. You know, it's, it's, right. it's the English thing. <laughs> it must but, be um, a real English yeah. thing because it's not an American thing. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. We, we've got a lot of jails that are really, yeah, interesting. Um, what I find is, like, you know, Australia is a very young country, but so much has happened that's been so intense in such a short period of time. And, you know, the prisons... I find they've, they're, 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 a lot of them have got quite a bit going on. But the famous one in Melbourne is the, is what's called the Old Melbourne Jail. It was, um, yeah, basically the first full prison uh, in Melbourne. And, is yeah, it's, I find it really active. I've had some interesting experiences there. We've actually investigated it. it you can't normally investigate that uh, the jail itself, but I've been lucky enough to do it twice with some of my team and other friends of ours. But it's a great place. You know, it's, it's really active. There's the executions there. There was a, a lot of executions. There's a lot of activity. 
some famous bushrangers or bushrangers are basically outlaws. You know, they they, okay. they used to rob people and you know, the English would call them highwaymen, um, but we call them uh, bushrangers. So uh, bush being the country, the tree, you know, the forest and such. So they come out of there, rob people and rob banks and rob things and, you know, interesting characters. But, you know, one of our famous ones is Ned Kelly. Uh, Ned was an Irish of Irish descent and um, they weren't treated really well by the police and he basically went on a, a spree, whether you agree with it or not, and um, killed the police people, uh, police officers and other people. And, you know, they had a pretty full-on time, him and his brothers and a few of their friends. But he's famous because he actually made armor um, out of, uh, plowshares and such like that to to actually take on the police. He had a helmet, shoulder and arm coverings, and at one stage at a place called Glen Rowan, which is um, which was a hotel, he was holding people hostage, and the police came, surrounded the place, and uh, him and his brothers and buddies they had a shootout with the police. They they a lot, pretty much all died except except Ned, but he walked out. They walked out with their armor and shot at the police. But the silly thing is, he didn't cover his legs, so he got his legs shot. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and, he got, yeah, and he got caught, you know. So he was he was tried and uh, hung at the old Melbourne jail. You know, it's re- it's a, that's an interesting story. But there is another story there that really interests me of another character called Frederick Deeming. I think we discussed this previously, um, Vina. But um, uh, Frederick was a killer. He killed his wife and children in England. Come to Australia, married another lady, killed her. Very both of them under the fireplace. Uh, was courting another lady, and there's a whole lot in between of stuff he's done. He's a very bad man, and he was he was actually captured once they discovered his wife's body in England, and then his wife's body here, and he was executed at the Old Melbourne Jail. Now, the thing is, he was in London at the time of Jack the Ripper, and he was actually a suspect of uh, of potentially being the Ripper. Tortured. Yeah, of being the Ripper, and that's that's what really interests me. It's it's, it's you know that that connection. I don't believe it was him, but you know, in you know when you look at the the timing, it, it quite possibly could have been. And and he's interesting, but there's a lot goes on there. I mean, I've um I've spoken to the the docents that work there that take you know show people around. I had one old gentleman said he was in the tea room and he saw the tea kettle lift up, float across the room, and sit on the other bench. Um, you know things like that. Myself, I've heard and seen things in the jail. It's a you know, it's a very active location. Matter of fact, on our first first investigation there, my my wife was um, down under the gallows, and uh, my daughter was upstairs taking a photo of her. Uh, we caught what we believe to be a non-human entity sitting right near her. Now, that's interesting, but I, at the time we didn't see that. But at that exact same time, Amanda keeled over like she'd had she'd been stabbed almost. And she couldn't walk. I had to carry her out of the jail. And it took about 45 minutes for me to bring her right. Right. So she could walk. Right. Um, so. What did, what did she say uh, she thought? She, she felt like she'd been. She felt like she'd been stabbed? Like she'd been stabbed. Okay. Yes. Yes. But, but this photo was taken at exactly the same time that that happened. And uh, we, as I said, we didn't see it till later on, but it was really, you know, interesting. I mean, my belief is that, you know, jails, asylums and such, they do attract negative energies or negative, you know, beings. And this might have been just, they were, you know, just one of those, those bad ones, you know. And um, 
that was probably the worst. That's the worst experience I've had there. But you know, uh, I've got some great photos. I've got, you know, of so are you recordings from there? So it's so are, are these pictures of shadow figures? You think shadow people? No, I've got one picture um, taken many years ago. So that, you know, the camera quality, but it's it's of a woman actually carrying something, and you see her. You can see the big dresses they used to wear. Now, where I took the photo, what I find interesting is where I took the photo. On the other side of that wall was the women's prison. And um, they used to come into the men's area and clean. So they'd be, you know, doing stuff in, in the men's. So there's no, there's, you know, it's possible that there is some sort of female spirit that has entered in there, which is which is great. But, you know, the interesting thing is when Ned Kelly, the bush ranger, was hung, his mother was in jail as well. And she was on the other side of that wall washing clothes at the time her son was hung. Oh. So that's really sad. Yeah. Break my heart, you know, yeah. For a mother, you know, whether whether you agree with him or not, but that's that's sad. So, is it a large building? Is it a relatively small building? No, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a large building. It's three it's three stories high, three tiers of uh, of cells. Very old old style. You know, it's, it's how it was. Bluestone, which is granite, we call it bluestone, but it's it's granite. Um, big heavy doors. You know, great, great location. But go there, as I said, go there early. Check if you're gonna, if you're ever there or ever get over here, go to the jail as soon as it opens. You know, usually it's it it it's not very busy at the start. That's what I found for people, and they, you can go and wander uh, because it can get busy during the middle of the day. So, and it's better if you can have the place to yourself. You know that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so what? So, what? Yeah, so, is there a section that you would recommend you would say is more active than other parts of the of the prison? Look, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of areas that are really active. Cell eleven, I've I've heard is it, people find more active. I haven't experienced that myself, but cell eleven they do say is more active for whatever reason that is. We go and visit sometimes during the day and try to get there early, and I'll just go and sit up in one of the cells, <laughs> just just try to feel. You know, so just so just some random cell, or do you have a special cell that you like? Anyway, I, I tend to, I tend to move around the cells. The cells, the whole place. If you walk, uh, if you're walking around there during, you know, during your visit, you'll feel you'll feel energy. And I just usually stop. I'm not psychic, but you know, whenever I feel I should stop, I stop. You know what I mean? And I'll right. I'll, I'll just stay there for a bit, listen, listen and feel. What about the gallows? Is the is the gallows? The gallows, yeah, the gallows people find are um, are quite active as well, especially underneath the gallows. I find is probably quite active where the drop where the drop happens. It is, you know, it for me it's really sad. You know, um, some people were actually hung for quite minor things. You know what I mean? And you think or things that they weren't really proved that they did. You know what I mean? Actually, there's one case of a man who was accused of uh, killing a young girl. Uh, he was executed, and uh, that was back in the early beginning of the 19th century. And uh, just recently, they they worked out that he was innocent through DNA. So, oh. you know, it's 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 quite sad. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's there's a lot. Sorry, go ahead. There's a lot. Sounds like there's a lot of injustice that may have happened. You know what? Yeah, I think that's everywhere. But you know, because they didn't have forensics like they do these days, if you were you know, thought to be guilty. A lot of the time, you you are guilty. You know, in their in people's eyes. You know, yeah. The the jail itself is great. You know, you go through. You'll see each cell will have something about different prisoners, and it's it, it is a really interesting interesting place. So yeah, head head in there, have a bit of a look. Yeah, see what you can what you can feel. You know, <laughs> if you're there. 
Well, I did actually take a moment and did some research on on this particular jail. And one of the sad things, speaking of sad things, I read was they even had a prisoner as young as three years old. I can't imagine a three-year-old committing any type of crime (laughs) worthy of being incarcerated for. I just... Yeah, I mean, that was with the jails, that was with asylums as well. Kids were put in with adults in Victorian times, you know what I mean? It was, it's really sad. There is another prison in Melbourne uh, or out of, on one of the, in one of the suburbs called Pentridge. And um, one of the, and it's massive, that's a massive jail. It's, um, it's been changed to um, a lot of apartments and housing now, but there are still some of the original buildings, which we've, we've been able to have a look at and investigate. But one of them I, I recorded, and we could hear children. And I thought, what? This is really strange in a jail, you know. And there was no one around. It was late at night. It was raining outside, but we could hear children laughing and playing. And we recorded this when we did our research. One that, that part of the jail was actually used as an orphanage at one stage. So, who puts an orphanage in a jail? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So then maybe some because of lack of daycare or someone willing to take these. Well, it was probably. It could have been that their parents passed away. There was a lot of reasons they got put in. You know, they uh, the parents were incarcerated, so sometimes they with the females, they were the children. Stay with their, their moms? Really, okay. but yeah, yeah, if there was no one else. And in the asylums as well. So you had children, as I said, going into the asylums, or women were pregnant and were in there, had the babies. So the babies usually stayed only a couple of months and then would go, but sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they stayed in there um, if there was nowhere else to send them. Okay. It, was, it was very different to these days, yes. unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's just, I mean, just hearing, you know, the hardships and the sadness, you know, I, uh, on this show, my listeners know that I truly believe in the idea that feelings can make an impression in certain places yeah. and, you know, sadness and yeah. being wrongfully uh, hung for a crime you did not commit is definitely you know, grounds for that kind of transference of depression and sadness being impressed upon that environment. So I could definitely, uh, definitely see that. I, I agree 100%. It's, it's, it's the sadness in these, in these places, whether they be in Australia, whether they be in the US or the UK, anywhere, you know, uh, prisons, asylums, the, the energy would be so intense and would imprint, you know, and leave you, you'd leave it behind, you know what I mean? And, and I think sometimes that energy can, you know, replay, but I also think sometimes, you know, people's spirits are so caught up, they, they get stuck there as well. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's really sad, you know. It's, right. It's, it's the, really sad. The it's trauma really... of what happened to them gets stuck there, it seems yeah. like. So, yeah, yeah, very true. So stepping away from this depressing place, any <laughs> other places you would recommend? Uh... Uh, you know what? Melbourne's got so many, but you know, there's there's a few that that, that are interesting to me. The next one I talk about is um is the Victoria Market, Queen Victoria Market actually it's called. It's a massive uh, market and has fruit and vegetable, it has uh, butchers, fishmongers, uh, retail stores, cafes. It's a really massive location, very historic. What a lot of people don't know is that it was built on Melbourne's second cemetery. Um, oh. which, which is yeah, which is really interesting. The first cemetery was in what we call Flagstaff Gardens, and it only had seven burials there. And then they moved that to what is now the Queen Victoria Market location. When so, they built the market, when the, when, when the cemetery got full, uh, they built and organised another cemetery, which is Melbourne General Cemetery. And 
then decided to build this market on top of the existing cemetery that was that was there. So um, the bodies are still there. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they moved some of the bodies, but there's still at least ten thousand bodies there, which <laughs> is which is terrible to me. Um, there's you know, which is you know, it's just horrific. Like you know, these people. Yeah, I understand. You know, they it's a massive amount of bodies, but still, if you're going to do something, do it properly. You know, right. Give the people a, a good rest. You know what I mean? Right. Um, well, you know, also, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We have a, a very, in my opinion, one of the best, uh, scariest movies America's ever made. One of them, anyways. A poltergeist where they just moved the headstones. They didn't move the bodies. <laughs> Are you familiar with poltergeist? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes, 100%. I love, love the movie. Um, <laughs> and yes, I didn't move the bodies, and then they popped up, and all sorts of bad things happened. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's how it is. But you know, a lot of the spirits there. Uh, there there's quite a few spirits there. But the the main ones in the in the in the market uh, is there's uh, three bush rangers, remember, you know, the the criminals that were executed. Um, there was a gang of four. One of them was killed when they were caught. The other three were executed and and buried. They and they're apparently still seen around the market. Well, um, I haven't seen them myself. But the two saddest um the two two saddest spirits I find are um. Uh, two Aboriginal men who were executed. The first Aboriginal was executed in Melbourne for killing a white settler. Now, they were basically defending their land, and you know they didn't speak English. They had no interpreters. They were tried without knowing really what was going on. They were executed. Now, because they weren't Christians, they weren't allowed to be buried in the cemetery itself, so they created a little part outside the cemetery, and they were buried there. So they are said to haunt because they didn't have their proper funeral rites, as, as you know, Aboriginal tradition, you know, they should. And uh, they're supposed to be there. Now, I've seen, I believe I've seen one of them taking a couple of friends through there. We were having a, having a bit of a, just a look around to, during uh, one night. And they have uh, some containers on wheels where they move goods around. They leave them empty sitting in the in the market. And I was watching, and there was this a dark figure. And I, it was a little ways away. I couldn't quite see it properly. Uh, and the, one of the Aboriginals, and he was popping his head out and having a look at us. And I said, there's someone behind there. So we went wide and went around and no one left, no one moved away and there was no one behind there. But this, you know, this spirit was looking at us. It was, and I wasn't the only one that saw it. So, that, you know, that was interesting. You know, there's a lot of energy there. There was gangster wars. There was in the, in the 50s, fruit or what we call the fruit, the fruiter wars. There were a lot of fruiters, uh, uh, you know, grocers. Fruiters? involved in the mafia. <laughs> so, yeah, there were murders. <laughs> I think there was a seven or eight murders during this this one sort of fight. You know, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting place, but you know, people love to go there because it's so eclectic. There's so many different types of people there. You know, you can go into the deli, you know, delicatessen part, and you know, get salami and ham, and you know, people do that, and then go and eat in the park. You know what I mean? It's 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 a, yeah, it's a great location, but really active, and a lot of energy in there. So yeah, great place. So. Um, on top of the fact that it was a cemetery, people died there over fruit. Just to be yes, clear, okay? Yes. Well, it, it wasn't necessarily over the fruit. They were fruiterers, but there was almost like a territorial fight. Right, um, right. And there, was, and, and there would have been, for me, you know, there would have been other things going on underneath. You know right. What I mean? <laughs> um, that were illegal. So, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, but it is interesting. There's so many layers there. Yeah, so... 
it's, it's an interesting, interesting, yeah, location. So, but, uh, yeah, get down there, have a look. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melbourne is really basically this hot spot for paranormal activity. I mean, we're talking the Queen Victoria Market being a, a cemetery, the the jail that's you know has a lot of for sure. uh, history and. The other jail that's a, now a restaurant that you can go and see, the Windsor Hotel with yeah. Dame Nellie Melba. Is that right? Yes, yes. It, for sure. If you, if you go to the Windsor and, and go and have what they call afternoon tea, it's classic. It's, it's like a legendary. You know, they will give you a feed that you, you know, an afternoon feed that you will never, you'll never you know, forget. <laughs> okay, so. so it sounds grand. It sounds like a grand tea time. Is what I'm hearing. It, it, you know what? It's amazing tea time. Um, <laughs> I've done it a couple of times and, you know, absolutely love it. It's just brilliant. So, Neil, I understand that you're a bit of a writer with, you know, being a paranormal investigator and a writer. Have you written any books on the paranormal or? I, I, I attempt to be a writer. Um, <laughs> um, I've written one book so far. I've got another one about two thirds through and a couple, a lot of other ideas. And I also write a magazine based in England uh, called uh, The Real Paranormal Magazine. So that comes out quarterly, I think. But the book I've written is actually about Aradale Asylum, which I spoke about earlier. It's called uh, Ghosts of Aradale Asylum. And um, goes through all the experiences that I've had and the fellow people that have been with me had. Um, not all of them, but a, a good chunk of them. And really is, is the experiences. I, I don't really... Uh, it's not a technical book. It is um, the story of our experiences there, and some of them are absolutely yeah crazy. You know, we've had some amazing experiences, and you know it's it's a it's a great it's a yeah for me it was a great project because it allowed me to get all these notes that I've had together and put them into into a into a, a single place, and I, I people people like it. Yeah, people people are enjoying it, which is great. And for someone who would be interested in reading your experiences at this insane asylum, where would they be able to find your book? They can go on to if they look if they if they search up uh, Ghosts of Aradale Asylum, yep, you can you can find the book on Amazon uh, or Book Depository. But it is really a great location. The stories are great. Uh, if you ever get down to Melbourne or Victoria and want to head there, a friend of mine runs Eerie Tours who do all, most of the tours there, and uh, yeah, look him up and get down there you you won't regret it <laughs> you won't regret it so your friend that runs eerie tours what what is his name nathaniel 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 uh we call we call him eerie nate eerie so, nate <laughs> <laughs> you can look so if you look up eerie tours or aradale um ghost tours uh you'll you'll pop up okay <laughs> well any other Wonderful tips or suggestions or any other um, recommendations for books for anybody who'd be interested in reading about paranormal sure. uh, experiences. My, my, my wife is a, yeah. <laughs> my wife's an author as well. She's written a couple of books already and got a bunch on the way. One is she's a medium. So the first book um, is called From the Mind of a Medium, Volume 1. And she talks about all sorts of spiritual things, um, uh, exercises you can do, things you can try, different phenomena. That's really interesting for anyone on that on that path. But she's also written another book called um, Ghosts, Personal Experiences from My Haunted Life, which is stories from when she was like three years old through till, till now that she's had. She was a nurse. Some of the, you know, the nursing experiences there are amazing. You know, and, 
you know, she's they're, they're two really good books to to get and read, you know, because they're they're very very personal and you know very good to guide. But look, you know, I I always um say you know the you know in the paranormal we all we all try to lift each other and that's how we're all going to rise up. So you know support your fellow paranormal investigators, your fellow teams. You know, it's- forget the hate. Right. (laughs) And for Mandy's books, where would uh, someone be able to purchase those? Well, her um, the first book from the mind of a medium is um, on uh, Amazon Books Depository and in Barnes and Noble. Um, And her other book is uh, on Amazon and Book Depository. So yeah, uh, that one's the Ghost uh, Personal Experiences from a Haunted Life, and I recommend it because it is work of love and it's, it's a really intense uh has some intense stories in there and some very nice stories you know because it's not all it's not all scary it's not all horror it's uh you know spirits are you know basically humans without a body so right we deal with them how they are yeah well i want to thank you very very much for taking the time i know it's tomorrow where you are <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's safe, guys. Bill's prime example of that. So far, nothing bad has happened in the future. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still here. <laughs> but I do want to take the time and thank you very, very much. Any final thoughts? You know, uh, Ben, I just want to say thank you for you having me on. I think what you guys, you do, and other people like you with this, this podcast are great. Um, I think they spread, uh, they spread the word of the paranormal. They spread the, the, the love, you know. Um, and, you know, it's for me, it's, you know, it's all about, you know, as I said, lifting everyone uh, so that we can all rise, you know, help other people so we can rise. And, you know, um, jealousy and that sort of stuff doesn't have a place in this in this uh, field. You know, um, work with who you can work with. You can't work with everyone because, you know, personality-wise, but, you know, uh, forget the hate and just, just live love. Just go forward. Right. Yeah, simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very, very much for joining us. You actually can find the Australian Paranormal Society on Facebook. That's actually where I uh, was able to find uh, APS and Bill, (laughs) my special guest tonight. Um, With with that in mind, speaking of Facebook, you can also find me on Facebook where the dark corners are. So if you're interested or curious, take a look, send me a request. So tonight we visited uh, Melbourne, Australia, but if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email where the dark corners are at gmail.com. And please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. (laughs) 